0: The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Ho, ho, ho! A very merry Fantasy NBA today, Christmas, everybody. See, I. St- can sort of do it, right? I mean, listen back to that and see how ridiculous it sounds, but I'm leaving it regardless of what it actually ended up sounding like. Uh, This is going to be a short one today, folks, but I wanted to make sure we had something available to you on Christmas Day. I'm sure some of you will be uh, bored in the mornings or stowing away during your actual family activities, but whatever it happens to be, we are there for you, even if it is but briefly here on Christmas Day. So for real, for real, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah. Uh, It's all there. They're all happening at the same time. And we've got five games coming up today, starting at 9 a.m. Pacific time. So what I'd like to do on today's podcast is, number one, remind you that this is Fantasy NBA Today, a hoop ball presentation. Also brought to you by our buddies at Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company, which, by the way, I brought some of that uh, to a one of our holiday parties Uh, it was a gift for someone in my family. It was a big hit. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say don't do it. If you're thinking about a potential gift, they've got the K cups over at Amazon, You get those prime. So even if you're doing something here last minute, you, you still have an opportunity to get it done. you're just like, Oh, you know, I back order, make up whatever excuse you need for your buddy or family member and bring it to them two days from now. Um, what I'd like to do today, I'm not going to clutter you down with a ton of promos, but I, I do want to go through each of the five games coming up today one by one and break them down, including the start time, the network that you can watch them on, which I know is always a thing. We're, like, bouncing around uh, on Christmas Day because it, there's some ABC games, there's some ESPN games. I believe there's a TNT game or two mixed in there. There might even be an NBA TV game. Uh, so we're going to get you all the details coming into today, uh, and then there's going to be a heavy focus on gambling on today's podcast, but we, I think we'll be done with this bad boy in about 25 minutes. So, first and foremost, if you are going to be wagering on any of these Christmas Day games, or really any game the rest of this NBA season, or any sport, frankly, could be one that I don't know as well, but luckily we have that show coming up in the not-too-distant future, which, again, I'll give you more details on as the launch date rapidly approaches here in a couple of weeks. Uh, But now that Christmas is here, Christmas shortly to come and go, the Super Bowl is around the corner. Another great reason to get an account going at mybookie.ag. Our renewed partnership with our buddies over at mybookie, really exciting for us here at HoopBall, and we need your help To make this a long lasting partnership. The way we make that happen is using the promo code and getting that extra deposit bonus. I believe it's a 50% deposit bonus now they're running, uh, which is still a hell of a deal. Promo code is the word TODAY, T O D A Y, TODAY, the promo code. Just type that in when you're opening up your account and making that first deposit. That way they'll know number one, they can give you that sweet 50% match bonus, and two, HoopBall sent you. They're going to be pissed when we win a bunch of money, as long as you're following our wager advice here at HoopBall and not getting crazy. That's the most important thing. You got you to gotta go easy once you get rolling. Everybody, we don't lose our money when we're betting judiciously, sparingly, and strategically. We lose our money gambling when we start to get a little nutty. That's what we're going to avoid. So we're going to open accounts there, and then we're going to grow them. But you got to have an account to start growing it. So head to mybookie.ag again, use that promo code, the word TODAY, and we'll get this bad boy rolling. First game on Christmas morning. Oh, what a time. Boston-Toronto, which, of course, had a far more intrigue. I still think it's actually going to be a pretty good game because it's Christmas morning, so everybody's going to be a little bit loopy. Toronto obviously has a really nice home court advantage, but they are badly dinged up. Kudos to the Raptors on still somehow being 21-9 and nine on the year, despite going through some of the worst injury luck of, of any team in the NBA. But they just keep trucking along. The line on this ballgame, Boston three-point road favorite, which has not at about a six-point neutral site favorite, and that is about accurate. The total of 212 and a half. Uh, my initial thoughts on this ballgame are uh, they are a few. First of all, this game is available on ESPN. Morning game is an ESPN broadcast, so that's an easy one. Noon Eastern time, 9 a.m. Pacific. Uh, I would venture to say that what you get in these games, and it could level off over the course of the entire contest, usually you see kind of a hangover effect. Not that these guys were out drunk on the 24th, necessarily, but just a lot of family time, not a big focus on basketball. They're a little out of shape, a little winded, that... Christmas morning their body clock is all discombobulated cuz this is way earlier than they're accustomed to playing ball games. Um and for Boston, I, you know, I don't know what these players did. Did they spend the previous evening in Boston and then fly late? Maybe, my guess is they probably flew up middle of the day on the 24th. So they probably had to do their Christmas stuff a full day in advance. There's just a lot of family stuff that goes into it and I tend to look at the under on Christmas games. As opposed to the over, uh, Toronto has some pretty weird lineups these days, which you know makes things a little bit tougher to handicap on a game-to-game basis. But I do like the under coming out of the shoot, especially if you look early in the ball game. That's where the under makes the most sense when guys are just clanging up weird-looking shots and uh, they haven't quite settled in yet. As far as the side is concerned, Boston is obviously the better team between these two right now, with no Pascal Siakam, no Marcus Sewell uh and uh who the hell am I forgetting no norman powell on that toronto side boston is is mostly healthy at this point um we're seeing a bit more by the way on the fantasy side we'll we'll get to that in a moment on each of the games as well uh boston is healthy they've got the the starting lineup that i i think they were semi envisioning still probably could use a a more full-time center on that club but they're a good basketball team they're a good basketball team and You know, you you sort of look at where these teams settle and what each of them has been doing over the last little bit. The Raptors, uh, I believe, lost their last game in overtime to the Indiana Pacers. These clubs played on the second game of the year. Toronto lost by six in Boston, and they haven't squared off since then. So I actually like the Raptors. I think they're going to put up a pretty good fight. The two uh, lines that I like in this ballgame would be Toronto catching three and the under on game number one. From a fantasy perspective on this basketball game, I'm watching Ennis Cantor for the most part on the Boston side. He's been playing well. He's been rebounding exceptionally well on a team that, frankly, doesn't have much in the way of rebounding. You know, there's, there's a dearth on that Boston team because... Take one look at him and tell me who the hell is the power forward on that club even. Right? So, like, look at their most recent basketball game and and try to explain to me who is what. It's not super clear. Semi Ojale? Was that your power forward? Is it Jason Tatum? I doubt it. Jalen Brown? No. Daniel Tice was the center. Kemba Walker? No. There isn't really a power forward on that team. Now, Tatum ended up with 12 rebounds in the ballgame. It took him 36 minutes to get there. That kind of tells you what they've got going on from a rebounding perspective. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum were the starters that led the teams in, in, in boards, and they had good numbers, to be fair, but there isn't a rebounding center. Daniel Tice isn't a rebounding center at his core. He's more of a jumper uh. Edis Cantor coming off the bench is sitting on now a 13-rebound game, an 18-rebound game, and a 13-rebound game his last three in a row. So he's like the only guy out there getting boards, and he's good on the offensive glass as well. So there's something to be said for the fantasy uh, ramifications of this dude playing some more minutes. I mean, he'll get you three or four offensive boards, but he's going to be all over the defensive glass when he's on the floor because the rest of these guys just aren't really very good at that. Toronto at this point I think we've got a pretty good feel for it now. Uh Ronde Hollis Jefferson is getting the first crack at minutes. I haven't really ventured to pick up any of their reserves in this particular spot um because I don't I don't trust them on a game to game basis but if you're picking someone up to me it's it's got to be Ronde. Right? We've seen that he now has the big edge in minutes played between he and Chris Boucher. Uh, and then you're, you know, you're just gonna get massive games out of Freddie Van Fleet, Kyle Lowry, and OG Ananobi. But if you're going with anybody off the bench, it's Ronde Hollis Jefferson. To me, it's it's basically a no-brainer, unless the game gets out of hand. In which in which case, by the way, Ronde still played more minutes than Boucher. Game two, Milwaukee, Philadelphia. Milwaukee a three-point road favorite as well, with a total of 220. This ball game is on ABC, by the way. If you want to tune in uh, and catch that two thirty afternoon start time Eastern, eleven thirty a.m. Pacific, uh, so that one flips from the from ESPN to ABC in kind of the 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 back and forth affair. I believe the first three games are actually on ESPN or ESPN uh, affiliate, meaning Disney networks, uh, and then the later ones shift over to TNT. I I I believe I might be mistaken on that. There might be Uh, bouncing around in the middle so we'll 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 triple check on that before we get into anything uh totally goofball um i want to do this one game at a time game two milwaukee philadelphia again milwaukee by three uh with a total of 220 there's nothing from the fantasy standpoint in this game other than maybe you want to be streaming george hill who's actually been quietly kind of exceptional lately he's number 96 on the season over the last two weeks he is number 63 largely because his percentages all year long have just been fantastic, and he hasn't had to play that many minutes. Milwaukee's just been beating the piss out of everyone. Uh, this should be a pretty good ballgame, I would think, uh, just kind of looking at, you know, the fact that there there is sort of a little extra something in this ball game. Uh, These two teams have not played yet this season, which is kind of interesting, so there hasn't been that that prove-it opportunity. They play again on uh, February the 6th, and then they have their uh, third and final meeting April 7th, right at the tail end of the regular season. So this is really kind of a prove-it game. Question is, does that matter? Uh, Philly has shown themselves to have some particularly intriguing holes in their game. Milwaukee seems to have the matchup answer for basically everyone everywhere. And while I want to look at this game and say, yeah, I mean just because Philly maybe they they feel like this is a more important game, I I can't tell anybody to fade the Bucks right now because they are winning and they are winning gloriously basically every single ball game. I mean, look at the Lakers they won by 7. They lost to the Mavericks without Luka Doncic. That was sort of the caught with their pants down game. But look at their win streak. The margin of victory is crazy. They beat Orlando by 9. And that's the only other single-digit win for Orlando as far back as my calendar goes, which is like a month. Charlotte, they won by almost 40. New York, they beat by almost 40. Detroit by 25. Clippers by almost 30. Pelicans by 15. Memphis by 13. Cleveland by 17. New York again by 20. Indiana by 25. I mean, its it's been a crushing Make no mistake, there is going to be some hangover stuff, so this game probably stays relatively close in the early going. Uh, So if you were going to look at anything, I would say maybe Philly early. I'd be pretty surprised if Milwaukee built a giant lead and then lost it. Even on the road, they are that good. I just think that both teams are going to be a little bit bleary-eyed. So the question then becomes, what about pace? And Milwaukee does tend to play pretty high-scoring games. They don't give up a ton of points, though which makes it feel harder to get to 220. So I would actually consider the under in this one as well. Game three on the docket is the the game that shouldn't be. This one was obviously set up as the great rivalry, Rockets-Warriors, and then the Warriors turned into the Zombie Warriors before our very eyes, losing each of their top two players. Top three, obviously, if you count Kevin Durant as part of what they lost, uh, the non-injury loss, and so now Houston is an 11-point road favorite with a total of 226 and a half. That's pretty rough. This is not a super fun game. This is going to be the, the nap in the middle of your work day. However, however, I do think that it is relevant. There is a pride factor going on here. A lot of people, and I watched the jump on Tuesday where Paul Pierce, and please, Lord, I had to listen to Kendrick Perkins for an hour, this The dude just, no grasp of the subtleties, as he t- talked about the in-season tournament and then said, hey, the only thing that matters is a championship, which is like exactly what the NBA is trying to get away from by even considering the mid-season tournament. Uh, self-awareness, guys, self-awareness. This is another the more you know question, featuring Kendrick Perkins, his bad calls on Twitter, and the fact that he's has growing fame, I I just, in any event uh so Rockets Warriors again Houston by 11 with a total of 226 and a half this game is in Golden State by the way it is on ABC as well so this one hasn't shifted over this might be a full ABC day now come to think of it did they just grab hold of all of them they might have um it's a little screwy I get it Warriors played in Houston back on November the 6th they lost by 17 in that ball game um, so everybody that's like, Houston wants revenge against the Warriors for all the playoff exits, this is not that team. You can tell yourself that that's somehow connected, but when Houston takes the floor and doesn't see Steph Curry or Kevin Durant or Klay Thompson, and instead they see Alec Burks and newly signed-traded D'Angelo Russell and Willie Cauley-Stein and Damian Lee, and you're going to try to tell me that that team is going to be a one that starts a fire in the Rockets' belly? Nah. So, that being said, Rockets have been playing well lately. Russell Westbrook, in particular, has been on a tear. He's got his season ranking up to 66 now in 9-cat, shooting 78% at the foul line. So, really, it's the turnover and the field goal percent. He's eliminated one of his three massive issues this year, and that's a good deal. He's been playing well. Houston's won four in a row after that weird home loss to the Detroit Pistons. Uh, a lot of them are are decisive road victories. They beat the Clippers by five in a comeback. They beat Phoenix by 14. They beat Sacramento by nine. I think this game parallels that Sacramento game a little bit where Houston pushes out in front, and then the Warriors just kind of hang on a little bit. Um, you're going to see some ugliness. I, I think that people are going to see this total and assume that it just simply has to go over, but I wouldn't count on it because the Warriors are not that offensively gifted And I think you're going to see a little bit of that goofiness as well. So I like the under, I like the home underdog again in this ballgame. There's a theme. I have a theme. Clippers, Lakers, now we're getting somewhere. Back into the fun ones. This is definitely on ABC and ESPN as far as I know. I don't know if they've even picked which network it's going to be airing on, but it'll be on a Disney affiliate. Lakers, a 2.0. point. Home favorite, of course, Staples Center is generally uh, Laker-leaning even when it's a Clipper home game. Sorry, Clipper fans, I know you guys hate to hear that, but honest to goodness truth, these big ones, it does have a bit of a Laker bent to it. Uh, Total of 221 and a half. This is a good one. I think everybody's saying that there's more pressure on the Lakers to win this game because they don't want to go down 2-0 to the Clippers in the season series. I happen to think that even though Anthony Davis and LeBron are playing, there's almost no chance they're 100%. And they want to go out there, and they want to put on a show, and the league, I'm sure, is super thrilled about it because, frankly, it does make for way better television if the Lakers have all of their pieces. This game's going to be a freaking dogfight, and the Clippers are going to win it. I'm a Laker fan, and I'm telling you that. But this one's coming down to the wire. And when games come down to the wire, I take the underdog, and this time it's the road underdog. Clippers, Kawhi and Paul George, I mean, we've seen what Kawhi does when the pressure gets ratcheted up. He's impressive, and the Clippers' depth is impressive. This is going to take an all-around effort from the Lakers. Uh, I think, Like I said, I think it's going to be a good ballgame. I wish that the Clippers were catching three instead of two. But again, this tells you what you need to know about the line. Lakers by two means that the Clippers are considered a better team on a neutral site. Some of that is probably... The Anthony Davis LeBron less than 100 percent thing potentially driving the line down as well, but I'm willing to go with that. I like the Clippers in this ballgame. game. I I think they win it outright. Two twenty one and a half the total. Uh, boy, that one feels real close to me. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the over in a rare twist. I, I think that these two teams exchange jabs for a while i don't think this game slows down until the until relatively late in the ball game i'm probably going to regret it because i've generally been going under with most of these things um but i'll I'll lean slightly though i this is probably the first thing where i i almost i really don't want to make a call on it but screw it we're making a call on everything so we're going over and then finally, because your night apparently needed one more game, the Zionless Pelicans will be in Denver to take on the Nuggets. By the way, this tells you what a complete and total uh, brain-deadery situation the league created upon themselves. The, the league, listen, I'm sure the Pelicans would be better if they had Zion, but they still wouldn't be that good. You know, they still wouldn't be that good. And the league convinced itself somehow that this team was going to be you know, fighting with the top dogs. This team could win more games than some of the top teams. Stop it. Stop it. Anthony Davis was that team. I love Drew Holiday, too, but stop it. Anyway, Denver by 9.5 at home. Uh, I actually like the Pelicans again. I'm going underdog in all five games on Christmas Day. I don't think they're winning this basketball game, but I do think that there's going to be a little tiny bit of a letdown. So here's the thing that scares me about this ballgame, though. We know the Nuggets are better at home than they are on the road. Uh, They beat the Lakers handily on the road because the Lakers were basically without both of their superstars for at least stretches of the ballgame. They obviously need LeBron very much. Denver just finished up going to Phoenix and winning by two only. But their home games, they're pretty good. They score a lot, that's for damn sure. Denver's defense has been, I think, a tiny bit suspect here over the last couple of weeks. They've been winning it with some better offense, and that's why I like this game. I think Derek Favors playing better for New Orleans is a big deal, uh, just in terms of rim protection, not giving up quite as many unbelievably easy looks right in front of the bucket. I, I like that Brandon Ingram is somehow still playing well. You know, Drew Holiday, we know he's pretty good. J.J. Redick. This feels like the kind of game where he could actually get a little bit warm coming off of screens using Derek Favors' large size. Uh, and then Denver likes to drive the score down in basketball games. So, again, I like the under now in four out of five games on Christmas Day. And we'll see how I do. You know, I, this is not really my M.O. To, to make eight, ten wagers on a five-game card. In terms of what I like the best on this card, uh, I I think I would probably put that toronto uh, side early i think they're going to play their butts off i think they they that's a team that just never gives up fighting we saw their crazy wild comebacks here recently uh that's that's one of my favorite ones i think i do like a lot of those unders i think those are in pretty good shape with the sort of weirdness of christmas ball games the only way those get out of hand is if the game is ugly early with live ball turnovers that's the that's the way that it sort of gets screwy cuz Generally, you see a lot of missed shots. Even when teams get the pace up, they're just banging things off of the rim and the glass, and and that works out in our favor. Rooting for the under is my favorite. I used to do this with some buddies of mine. We'd watch games with money on the under and just cackle with glee and yell clang and bang every time a shot was way off mark. Um, I like the Clippers as well. I I, I don't trust that Anthony Davis and LeBron are 100%. I think that's going to be enough, basically, to keep the Lakers from uh, getting over the hump in, in what should be a pretty good ball game. And that'll be about our show, folks. I told you I wanted to keep it on the short side. No extra promos today. Nothing out of the ordinary. Just get on over to mybookie.ag. Open up your account with promo code today. Bet along with us on Christmas. I'll try my best to do some live tweeting during the day, but I'll also be playing with my kiddo. Uh, from all of us here at Hootball and at Fantasy NBA today, Merry Christmas, everyone. Have a magical five. Let me do this right back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back Christmas Day of NBA action, and we will be back with you on Thursday to break down the results and slide back into the usual rhythm of our normal daily podcasts. So long, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow.